Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends. Welcome to another Monday mini episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your abusive relationship, hopefully help you get you out and on the road to healing. Today, I'm going to talk to you about CPTSD, PTSD flashbacks. Let's dive in. Yesterday, I was on my way to a grocery store with my son. I stepped on one of those escalators that go up into the store, but they're flat instead of like actual stairs. And I bent over to tie my shoe and I immediately had a flashback to walking into a store with my abuser in Cancun, Mexico, when we went on our save the relationship, quote unquote, trip, which obviously did not save the relationship. It was a very quick, it was like, wow, this is familiar. And I just remembered that moment. I didn't get triggered by it. It's I've I don't have a lot of things that really trigger me into that sense of like, you know, nervous system is going, you're panicking, that kind of thing. It's more just little memories at this point. But I had to take a moment to be like, okay, yeah, that did happen. You're not there now. You're in Spain, you're with your son, you're in your favorite place, you're not where you were. Thank you so much for not being where you were two years ago. Um, But the point of this episode, this little mini episode today, is to share, like, obviously that was a very minor flashback. It was just a little memory of something. But just how quickly and unexpected flashbacks can come back to you after abuse or, of course, after any other type of traumatic incident. Um, They can be big. They can be small. They can be something that, again, will set you you know, into a big, you know, CPTSD flashback sort of need to do some breathing, need to ground yourself, need to, you know, look around and talk about what you're seeing, all that kind of stuff. Or it can be just like, a, uh, yep, that happened and moving on type thing. It can happen anytime. It can be a month after you leave. It can be a year after you leave. It can be two, three, five, ten years after you leave. It doesn't matter. It's in our brains. It can pop up at any time. You never know what you're going to see that's going to set you back. Sorry, send you back. It's not a setback. It's part of the healing, right? To have these flashbacks. It's part of our process. It is what it is. But to send you back, have that memory and keep moving forward. It can happen anywhere. You can be at home. You can be playing with your kids. You can be at the beach. You can be at the grocery store. You can be in your car. You can be falling asleep in your bed. You can be at work. It can happen anywhere. You can be watching TV. A sight, a smell, a sound, it can bring you back. Obviously, a lot of you know this. My hope is that if you're listening to this and you don't have flashbacks, that this will help you understand those around you who might have flashbacks. So, for example, 
if you're walking with someone and all of a sudden they freeze or they look like they're dissociating, they're off in la-la land, something like that, they could be having a flashback. They could be somewhere else in their mind, even though they're sitting with you at dinner. Another example of this for me was actually a little over a year ago. So a year after I was in Mexico with my abuser and a year ago from now, more or less, I was in Mexico with my son and his dad. We went on a trip together. I had a work trip. I wanted to bring my son, needed his dad to come to make that happen so that I could both work and enjoy, keep my son safe, all of that stuff. And we were walking. Again, it was like a mall situation, similar building. And all of a sudden I stopped walking. And that time it was more powerful for me because it was more recent. And, you know, they kept walking a little bit. And he kind of looked at me like, what the heck is going on here? And I was like, okay, I'm in Mexico, yes, but I'm with my son. I'm not in Cancun. I'm in Puerto Vallarta. My son's dad is right there looking at me like I'm crazy. My son is right there looking cute. We are going to go get some breakfast. They are far from here. They are far from me. I'm good. It just took a minute. And I was able to also say, just give me a sec. Give me a second. Give me a second. And then we went on with our lives. So again, it's really important for one, if you're having flashbacks for you to know that this is normal and it's understandable And of course, there are things that we can do to help manage them, which I'll talk about in another episode if you want me to, because this is a Monday mini. We're going to keep it short today, but just to validate you and help you know that this is normal and it is going to happen after abuse or after a traumatic situation. And then for those of you who maybe you're a parent, a loved one, a friend of someone who has gone through abuse or a traumatic situation, and you don't quite understand because you don't have flashbacks, of course, you have memories, of course, you have things that pop into your brain. But those things might not be as powerful as they are for a survivor of abuse, for a survivor of someone who tormented them for weeks, months, years, who wouldn't leave them alone, who they couldn't get away from, who was emotionally abusive, physically abusive, financially abusive, all of those things. There's so many different aspects of abuse that can pop up in our daily lives. And one more little thought for you before we wrap this one up. If you are processing your abuse, maybe you've left recently or maybe not so recently and you want to talk about it and you're telling people, for example, oh, I just had a flashback and this is what came to mind. Um, I had safe people that I could talk to, that I could share that with and that they would be like, wow, yeah, validate, you know, let me process it without bringing me down into a spiral and being like, oh my gosh, they're so horrible. Oh my gosh, blah, 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 because that's not really helpful. I mean, you can say that, but you know letting you process, giving you that space, things like that. But if you're around someone who is telling you haven't, hasn't enough time passed, shouldn't you move on by now, is talking about it, keeping you traumatized, is talking about it, harming you, maybe don't be around those people. And I know that's easier said than done, but maybe you don't share those things with your mom. Maybe you don't spend as much time with your mom if she's over here telling you to get over it because that's not helpful to anybody. If you are dating someone new, you have a new partner, and they do not want you to process the trauma from your abusive relationship, please, please, please kick that person to the curb. For example, when I left my marriage, I had some trauma. I had some pain, of course, after a relationship, even if it's not abusive, you need time to process and heal from that relationship. And I was not able to do that because my abuser didn't want me thinking about him, talking about him, writing about him, going to therapy about him. Obviously, I did a little bit. I journaled a little bit, but I couldn't say 
this really bothers me because for so long I was struggling with this and I'm going to get help about this. I'm going to go to therapy about this or whatever. Obviously, your partner shouldn't be your therapist. There are things that, you know, you can tell your partner you're struggling with it, but they don't need to be the one person that you have in your life who's like, you know, whatever. That's not their job. But if they are trying to control your healing process and trying to limit your processing of abuse and things like that, this is a massive red flag. Okay, friends, that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed this Monday mini. Like I said, if it's helpful, send this to someone who is supportive, who wants to be supportive of you, but might not fully understand flashbacks. Let them listen to this and just be on this journey with you. Again, I hope this was helpful and I will be back later with more for you. Take care and drink some water.